Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Question, do you have a family heirloom or something similar to that that may or may not be valuable in terms of dollars, but it is valuable to you? As a matter of fact, it is irreplaceable. Perhaps memories are attached to it. Uh, It's been passed down through the family for years. I do have something similar to that that means the world to me, and it came from my grandfather, uh, my maternal grandfather. It was a single-shot 22 rifle that he used on the farm way back in the early 1900s. And one time I thought it was lost and I was really sad. It, again, is not worth much in terms of dollars, but it was worth the world to me because I was so close to my grandfather and it was the first uh, rifle that I'd ever fired. Well, when you have something that is valuable, that is irreplaceable, you guard it, you watch it, you keep it in a protected place. And what I am talking about today is the one and only exclusive cure for our broken relationship with God. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? It is the wonderful truth that Jesus died to pay for our sins in full, that he was buried because he truly died, and that he rose again on the third day. The gospel is the good news that whoever believes on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever repents, turns from their wicked ways, and and turns to Jesus as the only means of forgiveness, as the only means of salvation, that person can be forgiven and saved and brought into a right relationship with, with Almighty God. What is the good news? It is that there is nothing that we can do or not do to earn our way to God, but it is by grace alone, through faith in Jesus' finished work, and all of it is a gift of God. That's the gospel. Nothing more, nothing less. So we have been studying through the third chapter of the book of Philippians, and in this small fourth chapter book, Paul has used the word gospel eight times. And here in chapter three, we don't find the word, but we certainly find the theme of the gospel. In verses one through three of chapter three and verses 18 and 19, Paul has issued a warning to the uh, Philippian believers, and he's warning them against the false gospel. And uh, on the first podcast in this series, I talked about that in detail, and I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to the previous two podcasts, then you ought to, to go listen, and you'll hear about that warning of the false gospel. And in essence, uh, what was happening is there were a group of people called Judaizers that were coming in and saying, okay, you're saved by grace through faith. Plus, you need to get circumcised, and you need to keep the the ceremonial law of Moses. You got to go with 
Christ plus Judaism. And and Paul said, they are dogs, they are evil workers, uh, they're giving you the wrong thing. And he, he talked about what the true circumcision were. And then, in verses 4 through 14 of chapter 3, Paul goes into his own testimony. And he says, hey, if you're depending on the flesh, listen to my flesh. I, I am a Jew of the Jews, and and a, and a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and I was circumcised the eighth day according to the law of Moses, and I had great zeal, zeal to the point that I persecuted the church, thinking that they were uh, a cult, uh, and and on he goes. He says, but all of those things were before Christ, and I gave up all of them, and, and I turned my life over to Jesus, and uh, I want to know Him, and, and, and so on. So Paul talks about his own testimony in terms of the gospel. And then in verses 15 to 17, Paul called on the believers there at Philippi, and by extension he calls on all of us who are Christ's followers to, to follow through. He says those that are uh, mature, that have that attitude of maturity, we are to follow his example in pursuing Christ and Christ's likeness. He wanted uh, us to pursue it, and so uh, he said, join me in following my example. That was a command there, uh, and there we have the process that God gave gives us. It's a God-made process for growing in Christ, and that is to get behind someone that's ahead of us in spiritual growth and follow the Jesus in them. Follow them. Watch what they do. Follow their example. Uh, And that's how we continue to grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, this irreplaceable, powerfully effective gospel has an ultimate outcome. You know, as we're, uh, we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will ultimately be saved. And, and this ultimate outcome is summarized in verses 20 and 21 of Philippians chapter 3. And those verses say this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory by the exertion of the power that He has, even to subject all things to Himself. There it is. You see, uh, Paul said in the beginning of this letter, in chapter 1, verse 6, six, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. That's to the day that Christ takes us home, to the day of His coming. Uh, and so all the way to the end, He will finish what He started. That's what Paul was saying there. He will finish what he started. And so here uh, in in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 3, he says uh, that the ultimate outcome is this. First, we're given a permanent home in heaven. We're giving a permanent home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And by the way, that word citizenship means that we are part of another country. You know, uh, for those of us that live here in the in the States, we are citizens of the United States of America. But that is a, it's a wonderful citizenship, but it is a temporary citizenship. It only lasts to the moment that we close our eyes in death. But we have, as followers of Christ, a permanent citizenship. And uh, Paul said in Ephesians chapter, 
chapter 2, verse 19, that we are fellow citizens with the saints. We are of God's household. We have a citizenship in the heavenly country, and uh, that is that is very important. So that's that we one day will go home to that heavenly country. Uh, he says, our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We eagerly wait for Him. One day we will be in the presence of our King. He's not the President. He's not the Senator. He's not one power among many, a democratic thing, but rather He is the King. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And as citizens of that permanent home, those of us who are Christ followers, the ultimate outcome of the gospel is we will be in our permanent home, heaven, and we will be with our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. But beyond that, in uh, uh, the, there, there is a, a contrast there. I want you to want to to make there. If you back up to verse nineteen, where Paul is talking about enemies of the cross, and he does four characteristics of the enemies of the cross, and the last one, the fourth characteristic, is they set their minds on earthly things. People of this world are just totally tied into this world, and that's all there is. They're just tied in here. Everything is about right now, about this earth, what they can gain and get, and and the power they can have, and and the and the and the great times they can have, no matter if it's a sin. But the 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 um, contrast to that, those that set their minds on on uh, earthly things, the contrast is found in Colossians chapter three verse two, where it says, "Set your mind." on the things above, not on the things here on earth. Set your mind. And that word mind there um, is, it could, it's translated in the old King James Version, your affections. And that's really a good word to be used. It's, it's the output of the mind. It's what the mind puts out. And, and so is your mind on, on, and your affections after things of the earth or is your affections on heaven? And uh, for those of us that are Christ followers, we need to have a heavenly mindset, realizing that the ultimate outcome is we'll be in that permanent home, we'll leave this temporary home behind, and we'll be in the presence of our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then in verse 21, not only are we given a permanent home in heaven, but verse 21 teaches us that we will be just like Jesus. Listen to what it says. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state, this humble body, into conformity with the body of His glory, into conformity with His glorious body, by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject all things to Himself. So uh, there, the ultimate outcome of the gospel is we will be just like Jesus. Think about that one. You know, the predetermined, predestined outcome is mentioned in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, where it says that those that He foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, of Jesus Christ. The Father predestined those of us who were to be His His followers, His believers. He said the ultimate outcome is you'll be just like Jesus. Now, uh, after we've trusted Christ and after we've been converted, we've been saved, we begin a journey of, of, of sanctification. And that journey that Paul is describing here, actually in Philippians chapter 3... Uh, 
is is one that he is stretching forward for. He's one the one thing that he wants to do, and that is to become like Christ. So there is a process that's going on in this life for true believers of 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 uh, constantly becoming more and more like Jesus. But the promise here is, when we get to be with Him, the ultimate outcome of the gospel is He will transform us by His awesome power to be just like him will become just like Jesus. Think about that for a moment, to be like Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to become divine, but rather in our bodies, our physical bodies, we're going to have a glorified body. In, in our, in our uh, moral characteristics, there will be no more sin. We'll, we'll leave the very presence of sin, uh, and we'll be like him in that glorified body, and it's through his power. And it says through the power that he has to subject all things to himself, to everything like up under him. One of the great examples of that was when he was here on this earth and he told the raging storm uh, on the Sea of Galilee to be still and it was instantly and that brought great fear to the to the disciples' hearts as they saw that. Not only were they afraid of the storm, but then they were really afraid when Jesus just spoke a word and, and, it, and it was calmed. And that's the power that's going to transform these bodies of ours into glorified bodies and, and make us just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? The ultimate outcome of the gospel is that we're going to go home to be with Jesus forever and that we're going to be just like Jesus. What an awesome thought. Aren't you glad for this treasure that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news? We need to guard it against false teaching and false gospel and we need to be willing to live it and we need to be willing to share it with others because it certainly is good news. Well, with that, I hope that your heart is encouraged today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.